So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch? Mr. Manson, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. It's been a hell of a day. You can see that. For 12 years, I worked for some very dangerous people. Everybody get to the basement. What is happening? Don't call 911. I used to be what they call an auditor. The last guy anyone wants to see at their door. Because it meant you didn't have long to live. But I left it behind to start a family. I might have, uh overcorrected when you've left you've abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment and your creditor is aware of your resurrection they came after my family they stole my kitty cat bracelet and you don't fucking do that Give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet! You look like shit, Dad. You should see the other guys. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's been a busy week for me work-wise in, in real life, not this podcast. So that's why this pod is coming to you towards the end of the work week for most of you out there in the nation. Uh, it's Good Friday this weekend, so some of you are going to be off today, so maybe this is a good time to listen to this. Or throughout your weekend or whenever you get a chance to listen to your podcast, thank you for joining me. Um, my work week usually starts on a Friday, so I'm not used to the whole TGIF, thank goodness it's Friday. No, for me it's always work Friday, that's when it starts. During the week is usually my weekend, so uh, it's been weird. But this week has been a little different, and sometimes we have movies that release on a Wednesday. And that's what happened for Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, the only difference is, is this is post or pre-during pandemic, so we were going to see how this type of event type movie was going to do. 
And I'm happy to report, guys, at least from from my point of view, in my theater, uh, this movie was a huge hit. We've been busy since opening day, sold out shows all day, all night. You know, we've had to turn people away, unfortunately. We're still not at 100% capacity, so we're selling out very quickly, so you got to get those tickets fast. There's been a lot of people in and out of our building. It's great to see. It's like nostalgic a little bit for the old days, the good old days, which so I I was never worried about these blockbusters, you know, going away as far as seeing them on the big screen. You know, the Marvels, the Star Wars, the DCs, even a movie like this, Godzilla vs. Kong, two iconic, you know, monster movie type characters, you know, that have been around forever. So a movie like this, yes, you're going to have people that are excited and, and come out in droves to come see this. My fear was always more for the smaller movies, you know, like the like the Waybacks with Ben Affleck, the the Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, the Social Network, you know, movies like that. Um, those I, I'm still clamoring to hope that those movies won't just be the focus of you know streamers, where they're going to want people to come home and just watch it on your couch. And I hope these movies do get the opportunity to still get released in the big screen because I love to see all movies on that type of screen. Including Godzilla vs. Kong, which you could actually watch at home, which is another shocker of this whole thing. Um, it's simultaneously released on HBO Max and on the big screen, so you have both the opportunities to do this. Now, first I thought it was a mistake, but now it's starting to look like a really smart move on the part of Warner Brothers. So studios should take note that you know you, you can still make money having it there on your streamer there, paying fourteen ninety nine. You can watch it as many times as you want, and you can also make a, a little buck. Especially if a movie entices audiences, you can make uh, some good box office money. So we're seeing that right now with Godzilla vs. Kong opened up to $9.6 on Wednesday. Now, that's huge. That is huge because if you look at movies like Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984, also big studio, big budgeted movies. But uh, that was still at a time when people were still not sure if they wanted to go out to the movie theaters. And those movies have struggled to make a little over $50 million total in box office since they've been out. And some theaters are still carrying those movies. Um, so Godzilla opening up to almost $10 million, And most movies have not even made like $20 million in total. So this is actually pretty good for a movie that's simultaneously released on a streamer. And you can check it out at the theater. So that's, that's great news. And we're expecting, uh, or at least from the reports that I'm reading... It's going to open up to around 30 million, 30, 35 million over the weekend. Now, that could be higher considering it's a holiday weekend. Um, but very, very good news. I'm happy to see it. It makes me feel good inside. Um, like I said, it's been busy at work, so I love it. It's kept me on my toes. So, again, sorry that this episode is coming out towards the end of the week, but that's, that's just how it's been going for me lately. Very, very busy. Um, you'll be getting my review of Godzilla vs. Kong which I saw on the big screen, which was, it was loud, it was fun. You'll get my thoughts on that. And as you heard at the beginning of this pod, the trailer for the movie Nobody starring Bob Odenkirk. Also got to check that one out last week on the big screen. That one's only available in theaters. So go check that one out as well. There's a lot of, it feels like big studio movies are coming back, like in a big way. We got Mortal Kombat in a few weeks, which is eh, whatever to me. And then uh, we'll, we'll kickstart the movies, the summer movie season. Uh, kicks off in May. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know these movies, I think with Godzilla, you know, doing pretty decent, I think that's going to hold off a lot of people or a lot of the studios, you know, holding back or pushing movies out to like next year or a few months down the road or whatever. I, I think it's, we're going to start to see releases now. 
we're starting to see movies come up like weeks earlier. Like, for example, Quiet Place Part 2, which was originally going to be September of this year, now moving up to May. Um, I think this, the Spiral movie, which is like a Saw spinoff starring Chris Rock, that's moving up a week earlier. So we're seeing moves being made. So uh, studios are going to keep an eye out on Godzilla vs. Kong this weekend, uh, especially the type of legs that it has. I know it's going it, to – this is a movie that – People are going to come out and see quick, and then it'll probably die out. The movie's fairly decent, so I think it'll hang on for a bit. Um, but very, very promising and super exciting. But yeah, two double reviews for you guys. So that's going to be coming up in just a bit on this show. But I wanted to start off with a couple of notes, all movie-related, all like show pop culture-related. So let's start off with the first one. So we had the trailer for... James Gunn's The Suicide Squad debut. Now, we had a Red Band trailer that came out online, which everyone got to see. Awesome. Looks funny. Fantastic. Um, I'm ready to declare this the year of John Cena in movies, man. Now, I know I'm a WWE guy. I'm a wrestling guy. So, I know you all are going to be quick to say, oh, you only like him because he's a wrestler. No, this guy's pretty funny, pretty entertaining in the movies, especially if you've seen him in stuff like Blockers. You know, he had a small part in Trainwreck. This guy's entertaining. This guy's super funny, man. He's got the chops to do it. He's not going to just be like a, a Rock or a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone where it's just action, 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 action. He can incorporate those parts, yes, with his muscly side. But he's got the chops to be like a really good comedic actor. And his little scenes that you see in that Red Band trailer of uh, The Suicide Squad were tremendous. Just had me laughing my ass off. Now in, I'm in more anticipation for this movie you know, when I heard about this movie being made, you know, James Gunn, you know, he did a great job with Guardians of the Galaxy and, and seeing what type of, you know, flavor he's going to bring to the DC world because the Suicide Squad is a DC property. So that part was interesting in itself. And then you started to see the the names of the people being cast. Obviously, this is kind of like a I want to say it's a reimagining. It's not really a sequel because the, the other one came out in like 2017 and that one, you know, was slammed by critics. Made a lot of money at the box office, but, you know, for the most part, everybody thought this movie was garbage, which I haven't checked out in a long time, but I remember not liking this movie as well. The only standout in this movie, of course, was uh, Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn, which ended up getting her into her own movie, Birds of Prey, which was out last year, which was super fantastic. You should check that one out. And she's going to be returning for this version of The Suicide Squad. So, uh, of course, that's an automatic sell for me. More Margot, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She's owned that character. She's made it her own. I have no issues with her uh, as far as, like, disappointing that. I know she's going to bring it because um, she always does for that role. Uh, but then you started seeing other cast members that were going to be involved. And a lot of these are, like, James Gunn, veterans like the Michael Rookers, you know, um, I don't know if Nathan Fillion's going to have a role in this. I'm sure he is. But there's like a whole list of people, you know. Um, of course, John Cena. Uh, what's his name for freaking King of Staten Island? Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his name. What's wrong with me right now? I'm usually good with all this stuff. Uh, Pete Davidson, you know, going to be in this. You know, that, sorry. The, see, it'll come to me like out of nowhere with the names. So he's going to be in it. And he, he really impressed me last year in the king of staten island also available on hbo max along with birds of prey and all these other movies i've been naming off the top of my head um so yeah so i saw the red band trailer as we all did and it was amazing right hilarious i was like okay cool this is gonna be fun idris elba sorry i'll keep throwing out names viola davis yeah all these people that are going to be returning um so i i i watched uh, godzilla vs. Khan on the big screen and uh so the trailer for the suicide squad came up and it felt different it, it looked different i was like this wasn't 
what we saw. Obviously, what we saw online was the red band trailer. So there's a lot of language and all that stuff, which is fine. You know, whatever. That stuff never sways me as far as like, oh, this movie's going to be good. A movie's only good if it's rated R, guys. You freaking marks out there that with your comic books that thinking if it's rated R. If it's, if it's rated R or if it's not, determines of whether or not a movie is good. Like, shut up. If a movie and the story is good, the characters are good, it doesn't matter what the rating is. So this is what we call uh, the green band, like the, you know, no language and all that stuff. So that's what I saw on the big screen. And that trailer was very different, but showed a lot more of John Cena as the peacemaker, which is the character he's going to play. Super hilarious. This guy is going to steal this movie. I'm calling it right off the bat. Me and Tyler Bishop are both in agreement on that. Um, so this is why one of my most anticipated movies of the summer, along with Top Gun Maverick. So I'm lo- really looking forward to that. Uh, now I have high expectations for this Suicide Squad. So it's really got to deliver for me. You know, I'm, I'm not expecting like, oh, this is what needs to happen in this movie. But no, like as far as like quality, I'm expecting it to be good. Um, and we'll we'll see what what James Gunn's delivers. Uh, I think it's going to come out in August. This will this is coming from Warner's also, so it'll be a uh, a streaming and theatrical experience at the same time. So um, you you know which way I'm going to go, but I'm super excited. That trailer's out now. Check it out online. I think they just released the Green Band one that was playing only in the theaters online as well. So check it out. See what you all think. Um, I think this is going to be one of the surprise hits of the summer. And John Cena is really going to start to break out as an actor because not only is he in that movie, he's also going to be playing the villain in uh, F9, the Fast Saga, the next Fast and Furious movie. And it's nice seeing that trailer back on our big screen again. Um, I know one of the standouts of the trailer when it premiered, what was it, like almost a year and a half ago, was that Han was going to be coming back to that character which who supposedly died in the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, but I want to see how that's going to work storyline-wise. But one of the big sells for me for the next Fast and Furious movie, as far as it just being another movie, was that John Cena was going to be involved. And we'll see how he does in this villain role. It looks kind of like cheesy old-school villain, you know, one-liners, like, this is my world. I love that. Like, when John Cena says it, it's just, it's badass to me. So, again, I think this is the year of John Cena. Uh, he's playing the Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. And he's going to play the villain, Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel's brother in Fast and the Furious. Doesn't get any more wackier than that. Um, he's also filming a television show as the Peacemaker. So it's kind of like a spinoff to the Suicide Squad. So he's getting stuff in the works. So obviously that show doesn't get its own spinoff made if he doesn't have a tremendous role in the Suicide Squad. And I'm sure Warners have seen the cut. Or stuff, or most of what's in that movie with him in it, and they're like green light a show with this guy. So, I, I, I think John Cena is really gonna stand out and pop this year, and and make a mark as an actor. And then hopefully, hopefully, you know, if, if he doesn't, great, you know, whatever. But I would love to see him come back to WWE at some point, maybe for a WrestleMania next year. But yeah, John Cena, it's his year, 2021. Look out, folks. He's uh, I don't know if he's ever gonna reach like a a Dwayne Johnson rock type level, but he's going to have more range. I'll just leave it at that. Um, the other exciting news that came out for me was that Sylvester Stallone is working on a treatment right now for a Rocky prequel series. Now, this would be obviously dating before the events of 1976 with you know Adrian and Apollo Creed and, and all that stuff. So you'd see them at a very younger age. 
and he wants to be he wants this to be a television series, you know, 10 episodes, a couple of seasons. I'm in for that. Listen, Marks, let me have this one. I know some people have already been giving me shit over like, oh, this is so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. But yet you can have 50 freaking Marvel and Star Wars shows. Give me a break. Let me have this one. I'm super excited for it. Anything Rocky related, I'm always going to mark out for. Yes, folks, I do mark out as well, but I'm not one of those toxic fans either. Like, this is what I expect out of my Rocky television show. This is what I want to see for these characters. If they don't do this plot, it's nothing. It's not going to be satisfying for me. That's not my Rocky. Calm down. I am not like that. But I'm super excited for this. A lot of fun stuff happening uh, coming up. You know, my shows are high and running right now. Um, A million little things I'm enjoying. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which... I'm gonna get my next guest on to talk about this in WandaVision. I know I've been, I, I've been talking to to this friend for a while now about doing it. We're gonna we're gonna do that show because we need to talk about these uh, properties that have been happening for the, for the MCU. Uh, don't want to get too much into it now. I'll save it for that show coming up down the road. Um, what's also started was the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, a new television show that's a continuation of the Mighty Ducks movies. You know, you still got. You got returning characters like Emilio Estevez as Gordon Bombay. He was a star of the originals, so it's it, you know that this thing is like for real and legit, and they're they're paying attention to all the mythology. If you got that character coming back, so and again, I don't want to talk too much about this. I got someone in mind that I want to talk to about this show. Once it wraps up, it's going to be ten episodes, so we'll wait about ten weeks when this show wraps up, and then I'll bring on this person. We'll discuss the television series as well as incorporate stuff from the movies we'll do our countdowns of our our favorite mighty ducks movies and moments um yeah i'm gonna say i got again i got a lot of stuff in my brain just cooking and i'm gonna deliver that again this is this is my place of zen it's my happy place i love talking about all this stuff so yeah super excited suicide squad fast and furious 9 the rocky prequel series mighty ducks game changers is a lot of fun right now and uh finally falcon and winter soldiers picking up but i'll talk a lot more about that down the road Let's take a quick break. When we come back, a double review of Nobody starring Bob Odenkirk and Godzilla vs. Kong starring Godzilla and King Kong. This is Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. And Mortal Kombat has been pushed back a week, now opening on April 23rd and streaming on HBO Max. So for all you hardcore Mortal Kombat fans, there's your little news bit of the week. I think this movie, it looks like it looks like the same version from 1995, only it has better graphics. I'm sorry, but I'm just one of those that video game movies have just never been good. I've tried to give them chances. You know, the one I thought they were really going to break through with and it was going to be like a big deal. I was like, oh, man, like they finally got a good actor for the role or a big nine, big time actor for the role. It's going to be awesome. It was Mark Wahlberg for Max Payne. And that movie ended up flopping. 
So I'm like, man, there's just I, I just think there's no hope for video game movies. Yeah, there's one here and there like Sonic the Hedgehog. Um But other than that, like they're just they're always probably they're never good. I'm sorry, and y'all can call me a hater and all the video game nerds have been mad on me at me online, but you know, whatever. It's just my opinion. If you like it, if you're excited for it, awesome. Like just, you know, who cares what I think? But that's just what 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 I think about these movies. I don't think it's gonna be any good and I don't think it's gonna be like this huge box office hit like some are predicting it to be. It's just my opinion, guys. Deal with it. Move on. Life moves on. Um but enough about that. Let's get to my double review uh movies that I've seen on the big screen within the past week. Let's start off with the big one, right? Cuz that's one that everyone's talking about right now, Godzilla versus Kong. Uh this is what the fourth movie in this little cinematic series that they've been doing. Started off in 2014 with Godzilla, which I actually liked. I know there's a lot of people that uh really didn't like that movie as far as like it being like slow and they didn't show them they didn't show Godzilla enough. There wasn't enough action. But my thing is with good, you know, monster movies, there's always it's always nice to build up the tension towards towards it, you know, like a Jaws or even for me, like for my generation, like Cloverfield. I love the way they built up that that monster and how they would only show parts of him throughout that movie. And then finally, towards the end, you you start to see what it what it really looks like as a whole. And I think they did a good job with that in that Godzilla movie. I also like the cast involved in it. Brian Cranston. Who they killed off? I have no idea why Josh Perrin and me are you know in total just you know anger that they they killed off that character um, for the future sequels. Come on, why wouldn't you want to have Brian Cranston in your Godzilla sequels? That's just a no brainer, folks. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was in that movie. Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, I like that cast and I like that movie, um, but there there are some that weren't, and that's fine. Uh, then I believe it was in I think it was 2016. I believe uh, Kong Skull Island came out. And I didn't remember seeing that one in the theater. I saw that one on on home video. I think I ended up buying the Blu-ray or the 4K for like ten bucks. I was like, "Oh, this will be cool on my TV. It'll look badass, big King Kong and action. It's gonna look sharp and amazing." That one had Brie Larson, uh, Tom Hiddleston who plays Loki, John C. Riley, I believe. I think John Goodman was in. There's a lot of actors in this movie. Samuel L. Jackson. It was a cool little cast. It was a period piece. It was set like in the I think 40s or 50s i think if i'm i mean i don't really remember much details on it i remember the movie being entertaining so i like that i'm like okay cool they got something going here and then i think the year later was uh godzilla king of the monsters which i didn't see uh that one had kyle chandler and i think uh Bo- millie Bo- millie bobby brown that little girl from stranger things i think she's in it as well and she returns for godzilla versus kong um, I didn't. I never saw that one. I was supposed to do a catch up marathon of movies, but I had a chance to see Godzilla versus King early, so Godzilla versus Kong early. Uh, so I skipped out on the marathon and just went straight into to the movie. I figured I wasn't gonna miss much, although there's those diehards, of course, that'll just be asking like, oh, "Didn't you catch the Easter egg of the kaiju?"s And I, no, no, no. I just I care about the monsters, and th- that's it. Like, don't give me all this secret little hidden stuff like it's a marvel cinematic thing or a dc thing like i don't need to catch every little easter egg as long as i you know can see my monsters fighting you know see the humans reacting to them and the story's decent enough i'll be into it you know whatever so yeah skipped out on godzilla king of the monsters so if i missed out on important plot points you know whatever and i think one of them comes into fruition in this movie so overall godzilla versus kong it's entertaining enough 
If you want to see these titans battling it out, beating the shit out of each other, fighting other monsters as well, you're going to get all that. And it's loud as can be. I remember I, I, walking through my theaters uh, as this movie's been playing. This thing has been like so loud. You can hear it in the halls even when some of the doors may be closed in the theater. You can still hear the freaking movie. It's that loud. So if you're into that kind of thing and, and you want your experience to be loud and, and gigantic and it fully immersing yourself in something escaping reality, so to speak, that's pretty much what the movie uh, theater experience is for. This is a perfect movie. Now, story-wise, like I like the cast in here. Rebecca Hall, I loved her. Uh, she was in Iron Man 3. Uh, she's been in a, in a couple of other things as well. Uh, she's a pretty fine actress, so uh, she did a good job here. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, most, most famous for being in True Blood. He was okay in this movie. You did have Kyle Chandler and Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller Brown, is that her name? <laughs> the, the little Stranger Things girl, man. She was pretty decent in this. And I know I got people saying, well, why haven't you seen Stranger Things? Eh, that thing's not really my style of, I don't want to invest in hour-long shows over I don't know how many seasons. I'm so behind, and plus the plot never really interests me enough. I thought it was just a real rip-off on like 80s nostalgia. and The show's more about the nostalgia than the actual story itself, if that makes any sense. I don't know. All that really turned me off. So uh, all you Stranger Things diehards, get over it. I'm not going to watch that show. But... This girl, I think, is going to have a real uh, presence in the in the movie world when she grows a little bit older and comes into an adult. She's gonna she's got a presence there. She she was very entertaining whenever she popped up on screen, even though it wasn't a lot of screen time. Obviously, there's there's more with Kong and Godzilla going on. So whenever it would go back to the humans and whatever story was going on, I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Let's get this moving along. And you know, you you figured this would just be a straight up like. Godzilla versus Kong, they they meet up and fight or whatever. But no, it gets into this weird sci-fi interstellar type thing, which, I mean, okay, I guess. But, and I know the diehards will get mad at me like, oh, this part of the storyline and whatever. But it doesn't, sometimes not everything that's part of the mythology works in a movie. So I think for me, this kind of like, it took me out of the movie a little bit where I was like, I think I yelled at the screen like, what the hell's going on here? Um and, uh, yeah, it was just, it was whatever. I mean, it worked in, in terms of what they were trying to accomplish in the movie. But for me, for me watching it and my perspective, my opinion, it distracted me. It took me out of it. And I was like, man, just let these guys just beat the shit out of each other and then, you know, come together to fight a bigger threat because I knew that I was calling that a mile away. Uh, I, I believe I spoke to somebody about this and I said, watch, this is what's going to happen in the movie. I'm like, nah, like it says one of them's gonna fall, and I was like, yeah, but you know, they in, in Batman v Superman, they said one of them was gonna come out on top, and we all knew what ended up what was gonna happen in that movie, and it did. And I think they took the recipe out of that. So anytime you're looking at a movie where you got two iconic, like heroic type characters and they're facing off against each other, just know that at the very end they're gonna team up to fight a bigger threat, and that's where the movie really wins me over because that's my favorite trope in movies, right? When you got two. You know, common enemies teaming up to face an even bigger threat. Uh, that always wins me over in movies. So the final act of Godzilla vs. Kong delivers in strong fashion. Is there going to be sequels to this? I don't know. If they do happen, cool. I'll watch it. If not, I'm not going to be sad or be like, I can't believe that they're not making any more Godzilla or King Kong movies. So it is what it is. It's a giant blockbuster movie. It's meant to be seen on the big screen, but if you're if you're still not comfortable going out into 
crowds of people, even though at a movie theater, you're like socially distanced, like, like a mother. Um, and when you're sitting in these theaters, I, I promise you, you're not sitting next to anybody. You're going to have a giant blast or if not, you know, watch it on HBO max, but you're not going to get the same effect. I promise you, unless you've built like a giant, you have your own, unless you have your own IMAX theater at home, uh, you're not going to get the same type of loudness, the same type of immersiveness. So would I say go spend your $10, $12 on a movie ticket to go see it in a the theater? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that as a as a homer for movie theaters. I just think it's a movie that you can fully enjoy it on the big screen. So that's my review. Not much into it. I'm not going to really spoil the specifics. Again, I like the cast for the most part. Uh, the monster fighting is good enough. The story is a little eh. But not enough to ruin it for you. So three stars for me. Three stars. And most movies that I've seen in my life are three stars. You know, they're just good. You know, you watch it. You had fun for a good two hours. That's the other thing about this movie is that it's not overly long either. You know, my fear was this gonna this was going to be like a, a Michael Bay two hours and 45 minutes for like no absolute reason. No, this movie's straight up two hours. So it doesn't overstay its welcome. I loved it. I wouldn't say loved it, but I loved that part of it that it wasn't long. So a good two hours. You forget about what's going on in the world. You forget about your problems. And you watch these two badasses fight each other. And then, spoilers, yeah, they team up at the end. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh movie's been out for about three days now. So the diehards that really wanted to see it saw it. If you're if you're waiting to see it, that's on you. So that that's my... My new stance on spoilers and stuff like that, so deal with it. Um, let's move on to the next movie, uh, Nobody, which I got to see last week. Uh, I forgot when I saw it. I think I saw it like the day before it came out in the theaters. Uh, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Uh, now, for those of you that don't know the name, that's the guy that plays Saul Goodman on Breaking Bad and on the current uh, amazing show, which... I need to get back into just to catch up before the final season. Better Call Saul, which is a prequel to Breaking Bad. Um, Bob Odenkirk has been around forever. He's always been an amazing, you know, character actor. He's always good in that supporting role. He's got a little bit more recognition now with the Saul Goodman character. So it's like, let's see what he does in a leading man role. Could he carry this movie on his own? Because the premise is a little bit John Wickish. Where someone like a Keanu Reeves could pull this off, or if you slip any type of action star, you know, into that role, they they can make that movie and that story work. So would Bob Odenkirk be able to pull off a movie like this? And it, and I'm happy to report, guys, it's 90 minutes of straight up Bob Odenkirk being a motherfucking bad ass. I loved it, not just because I love Bob Odenkirk, because he makes it believable, and uh, he. He just makes this, he turns this movie from like a, this could have been like a, a five or four with like a nobody and they just, you know, just didn't, didn't have that type of talent or type of acting to make a story like that work. But you get Bob Odenkirk and it, this pushes it up to like an eight or a nine. Like this is really like basic material. There's nothing genre breaking about this story. You know, this, uh, this guy who's like a, he's a family guy, ordinary, but there's something hidden beneath the surface. And it takes like a couple of assholes to bring it out of him. And it turns out he's like this, you know, I'm not going to spoil it. I really don't want to spoil this one for you because there's some nice little surprises in the movie. But it turns out it's not who you think he is. And he's somebody that you don't want to mess with. So that part is what makes the Bob Odenkirk in that role really awesome because it's something you don't expect. And when he turns it on, 
you're like, holy shit, like I I would never want to fuck around with this guy. So he does a tremendous job. I think if it had been any other Joe Schmo, and I'm not talking like action quality stars. I'm not talking like Keanu or Dwayne Johnson or whatever. I'm talking about like because Bob Odenkirk, you know, he's just like a he's a lanky guy. He's just an, you would see you could see him like at a mall or something like that, and not like you know he wouldn't be like he wouldn't stand out to you. He's just a guy. But the fact that he's got like the tremendous talent of acting and charisma, he carries his movie and it makes it more entertaining than it needs to be. Um, so yeah, it's 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 if you like your action flicks, uh, this is definitely going to do it for you. The violence is pretty intense in this movie. Um, I kind of liked it a little bit more than the John Wick action, you know, because sometimes John Wick the the violence kind of becomes cartoonish. And here it does as well, but I don't. Some of it felt more like you could feel the hits, you could feel the sweat, you could feel like when they were fighting in the movie, you could feel them like struggling. Like there's a this is an amazing bus sequence, and you've seen it in the trailers and stuff where Bob Odenkirk is like fighting off like four or five guys, and like that fight in the movie happens with like no music, it's just him, and they're just roughing like each other up. And it's not like a one-sided fight, too. Like, Bob Odenkirk's getting his ass kicked in that scene, too. But, like, it just feels very raw. And, again, he's the one that makes it work. If you put anybody else in it, like, it just it, – it's kind of like whatever. Like, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. could have pulled that off. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't – like, he needs, like, that Iron Man suit to, to look invincible. Like, I don't think he could pull that off the way Bob Odenkirk does it. And he has a better range than someone like that like a Downey Jr. Like no offense to him. Like Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic, but I just don't think him in that role in the nobody movie, I don't think it would work. It works more with Odenkirk and uh, it was just made for him. Would I love to see more adventures? Like, cause they kind of leave it open as a, like they can continue this and it made a decent amount of money at the box office, like over 6 million for an R rated, like action movie that, you know, and Bob Odenkirk's not a big name. This is universal pictures. You know, they need, franchises right because that's what it's all about franchises especially if you if you got a good character and you got a good story and you got good supporting actors as well christopher lloyd is in this raza or rza from the wu-tang clangs in this the villain was very hateable so it's hard in movies now to have villains where you're like oh man i fucking hate this guy i want him to want him to get the shit kicked out of him you know usually you always sympathize with the villains now or there's something likable where they you know they throw funny lines no, here, the villain in Nobody, man. This guy, forgot what the actor's name was, but he did a good job where you're like, man, I don't want this guy to get his. And uh, it's just fun 90 minutes, Bob Odenkirk making you smile while he kicks ass. Uh, I can't wait to see this movie again. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to see it twice, but definitely will check it out again. Is it a home video? A, it's, is this a 4K buy whenever it comes out on home video? It's possible. I would add it to my collection. Um, but I have to take another viewing of it because there was some stuff where I could have paid a little bit more attention. You know, obviously the action and all that stuff is good, but a little bit of the backstory of his character where I was kind of like, uh, shaking my head at, but I don't know if that was me, like just, uh, forgetting stuff. Cause that usually happens now with me a lot. I have to see sometimes things more than once to really grasp it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just me getting older. Uh, your mind goes when you go, when you get older, uh, uh, not to get too bummed out about that, but, <laughs> but this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, go check it out. So you got two movies right now on the big screen. You can check out if you're, you know, you have nothing to do on a Friday night. You know, grab your girl, go out, have a date night, and watch Nobody. That's a good date movie. I, I would take my my girl to to see that. 
or go see Godzilla vs. Kong, you know, full crowd. You're going to, you're going to be in a full crowd for that movie. So you'll, you'll get some laughs. You'll get some like, Oh, you'll get probably get some hand clapping on certain moments. That movie has hand clapping moments, but you know, I, I've never been one for one of those. Like I always roll my eyes at that, but I'll do it on the most random parts. I'll clap when nobody else is expecting to. And I'll be like, Woo, yeah, to be, to be, I'm the only one that caught that. Like Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok. In my screening, nobody caught that. And I caught it and I clapped hard. So I, I, I'll do it for stuff like that. Where nobody nobody's expecting to do it. And I'll do it. But two fun movies you can check out right now in the theaters. The movie theater experience is back, baby. It's not going anywhere. So I'm looking forward to the start of the movie. The summer movie season for us. Fast 9. Top Gun Maverick. Um... Black Widow, even. We'll see. Even though Disney, killing us Disney doing that double release. You know, they're the ones leading the way. So, you know, studios are going to follow them. But we'll see what happens. Those are my reviews of those two movies. Don't don't really want to spoil, give too much away. It's just general thoughts. I'm not some real critic. I'm just a guy who, who loves movies and likes to talk about them. So go check them out. They're at the movie theater. Well, at least nobody is. Godzilla, you can watch it at home, but. Do you really want to see a movie of that that magnitude with those characters on a small screen? Come on, guys. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Uh, got some stuff to talk to you about upcoming shows. So, yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, and WrestleMania week is upon us. I know I haven't been the most diehard of wrestling fans as of late. If you've listened to this show, I've kind of been pretty quiet and down on it. But WrestleMania, once it gets closer, you know, I'll watch it regardless of the fact, whatever's going on. So I've kind of been tuning into Raw and SmackDown a little bit just to catch up on the storylines and whatever's going on heading into the, the big show of the year. Um, I got two shows specially planned for this upcoming week and to celebrate WrestleMania. Uh, kicking off, I'm going to be bringing on my dear wrestling friend and pal, Raul Flores. We're going to be discussing the 20-year legacy of one of the greatest WrestleManias possibly ever. WrestleMania X7, or 17 for those of you that don't understand wrestling jargon. That's what WrestleMania 17 was dubbed. WrestleMania X7, which emanated from the Astrodome in Houston, Texas, and featured uh, the WWE Championship match, or WWF Championship match, back then between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. We're going to be talking about that entire show. Um, 
how it's aged in its 20 year uh, that it's been in, in the history books, uh, our favorite moments from it, and uh, we'll get a, we'll get, just get a bunch of thoughts on it. There's a lot to to dissect about that show because there's a lot that came post that show and a lot that led up to it. So there, there's a lot to dissect there. That'll be a special episode coming up during WrestleMania week, and then later on, I'll be actually previewing the two night. WrestleMania event. Yes, WrestleMania is going to be two nights again on April 10th and 11th, streaming on Peacock. The WWE Network now exists on the Peacock app, where NBC and all that stuff, all where they have all their shows and everything. That's where WWE exists now. So that's going to be interesting, and I will be reviewing that show or previewing that show with Brandon McLaughlin. Uh, he'll be po- pumped because The Weeknd is providing the theme song for that show, so... I'll have to somehow incorporate that song into our, to our show. So um, that'll be coming also later next week, and hopefully a third episode if I can get something in the works. I'm got, I got to make it happen. It's got it's on me. The onus is on me to make it happen. So uh, possibly two for sure, possibly three episodes coming next week. But that's gonna wrap it up for this week. Didn't want to make it too long. I want y'all to enjoy your weekend. Um, again, Godzilla versus Kong is out in theaters now. So is Nobody. Check those out. I uh, highly recommend Nobody. Godzilla vs. Kong, I'll recommend, but it's not like, it's must-see, man. Um, I'll always promote the better movie, which I, to me I think is nobody. But that's just personal opinion. Anyways, that's going to do it. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify. Search Palace Off the Top Rope. Hit that follow button. I do share this uh, podcast through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the app or you can listen in on your phone. If you're an Apple person, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me that five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps in the data. And again, I just, this is just my zen, my happy place. I love doing this show for you guys. So any feedback I, I can get on it is uh, is good for me so that way I can learn how to be better. That's all I want to do is I'm just trying to be a podcaster. I'm just trying to get better. That's all I'm trying to do, folks. But that's going to do it. Enjoy your weekend. God bless you. Enjoy. <laughs>